um, just being grateful for the opportunity. You know, it's only like 400 players in the NBA, something like that. So um, being able to lace them up whenever I get my name called, uh, just take advantage of the opportunity. We are here to feel Rockets news. It's the Rockets Field podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. You can find all my written work at the Dream Shaking SB Nation. And you can find also my work because um, occasionally I get to go to games and cover the games like I did last night. So you can always find any post-game interviews we have over at our Clutch uh, Clutch Fans uh, YouTube site, so make sure you check that out. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Vader. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find all your content? Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on Twitter at VaderHTown and also on Instagram. Also, congratulations on the 10,000 followers. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, been a, that's uh, I want to say it's been a long journey, but it, I guess it hasn't really been that long, so I just yeah. want to... Like if anybody that's watching, like if you like I said, if you've ever uh, liked anything I posted, retweeted or even just dropped a comment, I, I truly do appreciate uh, everything that everybody's doing uh, as far as like giving me feedback on like videos and comments and all that stuff. Like I, I really love interacting with everybody and it's, it's been a it's been a fun ride. Yeah, that's awesome, considering that the Rockets are, again, the worst team in the league for a third straight year. They're coming off of a – actually, it wasn't even that close. An 18-point loss to Cleveland last night. Uh, garbage time actually helped out the Rockets because most of the game, they were down 25, 30 points. That opening clip you saw uh, was actually one of the bright points from last night was from Josh Christopher talking about he just being grateful to be able to play basketball and be in the NBA. He got his first start last night. Uh, for the Rockets, had a decent game, only played 19 minutes, but it was good to see him actually be out there with the starting lineup. Um, he's actually come a long way this year, started off the year out of the rotation, went over to the G League a couple of times, got back, slowly got his way back in the rotation, was able to start last night with the Rockets missing Eric Gordon, Kevin Porter Jr., and Jay Shante. Um, basically, all of their ball handlers were missing last night, um, and it kind of showed as the Rockets only got up 21 three-pointers which is actually the the lowest amount they've had since uh, 2016. Um, that's how you know bad the shooting was last night, and they only made five of those because they really didn't have anybody that can penetrate in the lane and get anybody any open shots. So um, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the game just because, I mean, it is what it is. The Rockets didn't have – they were really shorthanded. Even if they had their full squad, they probably wasn't going to beat Cleveland anyway. And without their full squad, we actually saw a lot of bow bomb, which was actually one of the better parts of the game minutes last night. Um, but like I said, wasn't a lot to talk about. They were down by thirty plus points at one point. I do, um, I do so, want to acknowledge yeah. that Tarisen had a really good game, though. Yeah, like Tarisen yeah. had a double really double. Well. Yeah. yeah, he, he had, had a double double. Uh, eight, so it was 18, good. 18 and eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was some good ball. I mean, Shangun still had an, another, you know. Decent game compared to what he's been having, but of course we kind of figured that with their you know two behemoths in the paint with Mobley 
and Jared Allen. It seemed like Mobley wanted to take up every single shot last game like he was trying to prove a point, even though he only finished six for 17. He was jacking up the shots pretty frequently last night. I don't know. That might have been the most shots he's taken all season. I haven't looked at his numbers, but it just seemed like he was taking every shot he could last night. Um, but as I said, we kind of figured that was going to happen. The Rockets play again on Saturday, a game that Coach Silas is actually going to miss because he's going to be a memorial for his uh, late father, Paul Silas, out in Charlotte. So Coach Luke is actually going to take over uh, for Saturday's game. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But what we're really going to be talking about today is the um, trade rooms that came out. Kelly Eco, the athletic, actually uh, released an article said that the Rockets had interest in John Collins, that Atlanta Hawks were reaching out to several teams to kind of gauge uh, the interest that they have in possibly trading for John Collins, who just signed an extension not too long ago. I'm mistaken. He's making um, close to or over $25 million a year uh, for the next several years. So that would be a kind of a hard pill to swallow, but that's kind of where I want to start. We're also going to talk about uh, Eric Gordon and if it's, makes any sense to even possibly keep him around for the small chance that that would help you get James Harden next year. And also KJ Martin was also mentioned in the article that some teams are still offering the Rockets uh, draft picks um, for KJ Martin. So, but first I want to start with the John Collins rumor. Um, When you hear that trade, first off, does it make any sense to you? And would you do that? Would you do a trade where it probably may include a, a KJ Martin and, possibly some picks or some other things that the Rockets may have to throw in to get John Collins from Atlanta. Before we even, before we even discuss whether or not John Collins is a good, a good enough player to warrant the 23.5 million he's making this year. Yeah. The, the 25.3 million he's making next year. Next and the year. 0.58 that he's making after that. Um, is he a significant upgrade over what we project Jabari Smith Jr. to be? Is he a significant uh, enough upgrade over uh, what we project Antari Eason to be? Is he even better than KJ Martin is right now? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can answer yes to any of those questions. Uh, when you look at what what he's making and what his on-court production is, and I saw a lot of people today like on different websites and on Twitter, um, and some people were completely against the trade, and then there were other people who – I think they've maybe just been watching highlight reels or, or something. Yeah. Because they've been like, man, you, you take John Collins, you know, 100 times out of 100 times. Or, you know, John Co- Collins is way better than K.J. Martin. Like, I've been see- reading all kind of different stuff today. And, you know, for those people, I would challenge you to actually, like, you know, like, really look at it. Because you might be surprised. That man is, is playing, I think, like 30 minutes per game or, or close to it. And uh, if we're just looking at it from a statistical perspective, he's not shooting the three very well this year. He is shooting a lower field goal percentage than K.J. Martin, who is also shooting a better three-point percentage than him. He's only averaging, I think, like two more points per game and more minutes. And then, like, the rebounding is not anything substantial either. So So, so real real quick, he's averaging career lows in three-point percentage, career lows in – overall percentage and mm-hmm. he's only averaging 13 points a game which is the second lowest since his rookie season so just keep that in mind right so he's been i mean he's been a 20 point per game scorer in this league right so yeah. um there was one season in it and he only played i think uh 41 games that year when he averaged like 21.6 he's had a year where he averaged 19.5 he's had wow. a year where he's averaged almost 18 so like he he is a proven scorer and like you said his, this is probably the the his worst season you know, since his rookie season. However, 
um, at the amount of money he's getting paid. And then also like when you consider that we just, we just drafted two guys at that position <laughs> yes. who are on, a, on, on rookie contracts right now. Do you want to pay a guy $25 million per year who is uh, like, you, you, you can't even really say, yeah, I think that guy is going to be better than these two guys, you know, a couple years from now. And, and even if he is better, like, is he, uh, you know, $20 million better. And to yeah. that, I would say no. I mean, I, I hope whenever Atlanta called and, and proposed this trade that the Rockets, <laughs> the Rockets hung up the phone or they say, yeah, put Trey Young in the deal too, or, <laughs> you know, something to make them hang up the phone because like yes. this doesn't, this, this really to me is not a, it's not a, it's not a good trade, especially when you consider that it's going to eat into uh, the salary cap that we have coming up. Um, I'd like to spend that money on 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 a on a better player at more of a position of need. I don't think you know if, if Jabari Smith Jr. pans out uh, the way we're hoping. I, I don't think that's a position of need to 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 invest twenty five million dollars in that position right now. So no, I, I mean I don't yeah. like I don't like the trade for us. And and like I said, I don't even think he's he's not significantly better than KJ Martin right right now. Yeah, exactly. Especially even if you resign KJ Martin, he's not going to come anywhere close to twenty five million dollars a year. So you're you're not. Let's say KJ Martin signs for ten million a year. You're going to say he's twice as good as KJ Martin. It's just it's no way that you make that deal. Especially like you said, you just drafted Jabari Smith just last this this season. You have KJ Martin. You have Tari Eason. You have other guys that are making a, a heck of a lot less money. Um, that can honestly. For what they're needed for the Rockets going forward, probably give you the same value that you would get from John Collins. Yeah, John Collins is a decent defensive player. He can shoot from the mid range. Before the season, he could, he was a decent three one shooter. Yeah, and so, so Lashard, that's yeah. what I'm confused about. I'm confused. Like I don't really watch Atlanta basketball that much. That's not yeah. really a team that I like to watch, uh, especially after we had that little altercation <laughs> with them earlier yeah. this year. Uh, but like he was a good three point shooter once upon a time. Like. I think he came into the season around 37% as a career uh, three-point shooter, which is really good for a power forward. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the Rockets feel like they can get him back to where he was uh, prior to this season. Um, maybe it's a mechanical thing that they, they're, they're seeing on film. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, right now, to me, it just seems like a lot of money to pay for a guy who – um, I mean, he's still young. He's only 25 years old. Um, yeah. So I don't want to make it seem like he's a, a, a grizzled veteran or anything like that. But I, I guess if they feel like they can get him back to a guy who can, at bare minimum, give you, you know, 36, 37 percent from three, on, you know, on decent volume and that he's going to defend and, and whatever, then I don't know. I'm listening. However, like I said, I mean, didn't you draft Jabari Smith Jr. to, to be that guy for you? Yeah. Yeah, and you're not going to play him at center because, I mean, you already got Alper and Shangoon, and if you get Victor Wimbiyama, it looks even worse uh, trading for um, a John Collins who, I mean, yes, he can play power forward, um, but at the same time, like you say, he just drafted Jabari Smith, and he has an injury history. The most games he's played since his rookie year is 63 games. He's in and out of the lineup. He's hurt a lot. Um, so and I know Atlanta hasn't been exactly what they thought they were going to be this year, but still – He's having career lows in all his numbers, and that's with a pretty good backcourt. That should, he should be getting a lot more open shots than he did in the past because most of the teams are going to be focused on Murray. Most teams are going to be focused on Trey Young, but his, all his shooting numbers have you know went downhill. So to me, it, it makes zero sense to trade for it. Injury-prone guy who's having the worst shooting year of his career and who's making $25 million next season, 
and you already have that position filled with Jabari Smith and with the KJ Martin, all with a Tyree Eason who are making a heck of a lot less money in Jabari, Jabari Smith case and Tyree Eason, they're going to be on rookie contracts for the next few years. So it makes no sense to even worry about spending money there when you have so many other holes to fill on this team. I mean, especially your, your, however you want to look at it, your point guard, backup point guard, you're going to need a lot more help uh, when it comes to filling around your main core players who at this point, I guess you can say it's Jalen Green and Jabari Smith and Alperin Shangoon and Ken Porter Jr., depending on who you're talking to at that that point in time. But yeah, and, and makes, maybe I'm missing something, but like our power four is like killing us, you know, from game to game. I don't feel like that's the yeah. position where after each game I'm like, dang, that other team's power four like went off on us. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. not usually like what I'm saying after the game. So like even if you're justifying it, yeah, we we need a defensive presence at the four. I, I don't see that either. Like like you said. Like, Tari Eason's specialty is defense. Jabari Smith Jr., you know, what we project him to be, you know, once he hits this offseason and, you know, gets gets back in that weight room and, and kind of gets uh, comfortable and settled in the NBA, he's supposed to be a defensive uh, a defensive guy. So, yeah. and like I said, even now, even now, even though they're rookies and they're still learning, um, I don't leave the game and be like, man, we're really getting killed rebounding. We're really getting killed because that, you know, we can't check the four position. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, to me, that's not the that's not where you sink your money right now. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm against moving Jabari Smith to small forward. I know that was something that was talked about with the whole Victor Wembanyama possibly coming here, and I know people want to keep Shane going in the lineup at any cost. But in this case, or in the Wembanyama case, I just don't want to see Jabari Smith that small forward until he's able to develop a better handle because you don't want to have yet another guy on the team that's that's not going to be a good enough ball handler. Now, Jabari Smith can get to that point, but right now, I think Jabari Smith is in a perfect position where he needs to be is at the power forward position. And you start bringing in people like John Collins, um, you're going to have to move Jabari Smith because you're not going to put Jabari Smith on the bench. That makes that makes zero sense. So I'm just going to say this, Stone. I, I know you probably don't even pay attention and, and to me. Of, like, look, look up. Didn't you notice, oh, yeah, like, didn't you notice, like, when we put Tari Eason, when he had to uh, start for Jabari? excuse me, those two games, like it yeah. was kind of nice having a guy at the four who could like attack the basket. I think it yeah. kind of, it, cre- it created a whole nother dynamic in the offense uh, when you had Tari Eason playing the four, as opposed to uh, Jabari starting the game playing the four, because he was, yeah. he was attacking cl- closeouts, you know, from the corner. Um, there were some times where he like kind of brought the ball up the court a little. And I know Jabari has been experimenting doing those things. And when, and there have been times where he looked really good at it. So I, I think he's going to develop in that area, but, um, you're right. Like so, just imagine scaling that down again to the to the small forward position, and now you no longer have a ball handler at at the small forward. And yeah, yeah, that, that's going to really probably stagnate your offense a lot. Yeah, so that's why I, I just don't want to see them move Jabari just to try to pigeonhole in a Shankoon and Victor Wembanyama lineup. But again, that was something we talked about previously, and probably going to talk about a lot more in the future. But uh, basically, I was going to say is I know Rafael Stone probably doesn't pay attention to this podcast, probably barely even knows who I am. But in no circumstance should you make a trade for John Collins where you're giving up. Honestly, honestly, even if you're just giving up Eric Gordon, it still doesn't make any sense to bring in a. A John Collins. So I would just say, Rafael Stone, do not make that trade. <laughs> just stick to what you've been doing. Focus on Eric Gordon, and then we can work out work from there. That's kind of where we're going next. Is talking about 
the possibility of Eric Gordon uh, still being on his team. And if you would keep him around, because we did see the reports uh, maybe uh, two or three weeks ago where um, it was said that James Harden, of course, liked playing with Eric Gordon and the Rockets may be kind of putting that into consideration when they're thinking about trading him. Would you rather have a first-round pick uh, for Eric Gordon or would you rather keep Eric Gordon around for, let's say, a 10% chance that that helps you get James Harden? It's not, it's not a guarantee it's going to help you get James Harden, but it may help you get James Harden. I, I think you got to cash out, LaShard. I, I think like <laughs> if somebody is offering you a first-round pick for Eric Gordon, you have to take that first-round pick and, yeah. and just move on and talk. And whenever you go into your sale job meeting with, with James Harden, there are other guys in the NBA who I'm sure he would love to play with who are veterans. Yeah. Um, I, I can't justify holding on to Eric Gordon for the, for a maybe, you know, for, yeah. a, for a slight maybe. Now, if you get a, yeah, I'm coming. If, if um, you know, if you keep Eric EG, I'm coming like, and, and I just don't think that's going to happen. There's a lot no. of stuff that has to happen. There's a lot of dominoes that need to fall. There's a lot of stuff that needs to, you know, fall in place in order for James Harden to even come back here. Um, and so, like, just holding on to Eric Gordon just to, you know, potentially entice, you know, James Harden to come back here, I think is kind of foolish, especially if you can indeed get a first-round pick for him uh, because you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And like I said, I think that there are other guys who you can bring in. You know, he had a lot of say-so, you know, on free agent decisions, you know, uh, you know, according to the reports, you know, the, the previous uh, time he was here. So, you know, sit down with him and be like, hey, you know, we can bring this guy here as well along with you. And I think that's a good enough – that should be good enough to me because you're already going to be paying a man, you know, handsomely. He's <laughs> coming is. back to a city where he basically is the – you know, they, all the reports are like he, he loves coming here because, you know, like he's worshipped. <laughs> not, yeah. you know, not not just by the fan base or, or a certain section of the fan base, fan base but, <laughs> you know, the nightlife, you know, he misses that so. <laughs> No, man, like you can't you can't hold on to Eric Gordon if you can get an asset for him. That's going to help you improve the team, in, in my opinion. I just don't think it makes sense to do that. So then why do you think the Rockets have still kept him around? You think it's a combination of they just didn't like the picks. They, were, they didn't want any more picks last year. Um, they like having him around as far as uh, being a team player, even though we kind of saw some cracks in that recently. Um, or they just, you know, they just don't feel that what they're going to get in return is enough to trade him away. So why do you think that he's stuck around that this long that we've talked, we've been talking about this as a Rockets community for three years, as far as Eric Gordon being traded. Now, one time he wasn't get traded because there was, um, he, he couldn't get traded because they had just signed him to an extension um, right before the trade deal. Why they do that, did that. I have no idea, but they did. And they weren't able to trade him. But why do you think they still haven't, traded him and now we're almost into february and they still haven't moved on from eric gordon i think um and see i have been i've been very careful i don't want to be uh you know labeled as a guy who just defends rafael stone no matter what he does but i think if you really look at it there have been some questionable things that's happened as far as like maybe holding on to an asset a little bit too long or overvaluing your asset and i think that kind of happened um I think, you know, we we when we traded or when they traded for uh, Victor Oladipo, for example, um, yeah. as opposed to Karis LeBert, you know, it was a calculated risk and they felt like they would eventually be able to get more for um, Oladipo than they got for LeBert. It turned out that that was not the case. 
even with the kidney situation that Karis LeVert, you know, ended up going through, he still fetched more on the uh, market than Victor Oladipo. So, you know, that was kind of a miscalculation. And then um, you remember leading up to the uh, trading of Victor Oladipo, we were we were told and, you know, from the media that they had multiple first round pick offers for him on the table. And we were just trying to figure out which package was the best. And that turned out either to be not true or the the trades that were on the table fell through because we held on to the asset for too long. So, yeah. um, and now we've, we've heard that, you know, we had offer, offers on the table, very firm offers for um, first round picks. And now uh, maybe we're only getting offered second round picks. So Probably, yeah. it's, 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 one, it's one of those things like you, if you, you know, I'm sure you've played poker before. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to go ahead and play your hand or you got to go ahead. You know, there's a set. You can't just keep somebody's going to call your bluff eventually. So if you have an opportunity and I think we've had some opportunities to trade Eric Gordon, you can't just keep looking for the next best thing. You can't keep looking for like, okay, I want a first round pick and I want this and I want that. Like if you have a good deal on the table, I think you have to take it. And now maybe we're at the point where we're not going to get the the return on Eric Gordon that we were hoping to get. I even saw a report that he was wanting it to be bought out. Now, I don't know how true that is, but uh, if that's the case, you know, that, that kind of sucks, man, because. Yeah, that would be a disaster if, if you have to end up buying them out. You don't get anything for them. And that's another reason why I just don't see how you can. How can you hold on to a guy like if he really wants to get bought out? That means he does not want to be here. Right. So you, <laughs> Which he you, how do you, how do you also, yeah, how do you also sell him on the fact that like, hey, we're gonna keep you because we might get James Harden next year. Yeah. And he obviously, he he obviously, if he wants to be bought out, he doesn't want to hear that. He wants to be moved to a, a better situation. Yeah. And I mean, I can't really blame him. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only reason, one of the reasons he's still here because he didn't pull up PJ Tucker. Um, I don't know for a fact, but I have to imagine PJ Tucker behind the scene was. Was making a big deal like I'm his ready. Body to get out of here. Really his body language was <laughs> yeah. really bad. His body language got really bad. He was he was kind of okay after James got traded, and then yeah. like you that just saw downhill. progressively, progressively he'd sit on the bench after the games and just kind of you know far away from his team and stuff like that. Like and um, like the the on court production wasn't the same, and and we've kind of seen glimpses of that from Eric Gordon. So I think that he's quietly been kind of uh, you know protesting with his on-court play, you know, because we did see him turn it up a little bit, you know, in some, in, in a few games where you're like, oh, okay. Like he still, he still can play basketball. So it's almost like he's kind of, he's kind of been coasting. I hate to say it because he's been a professional the whole time he's been here. But like, if you're, if your request and your voice isn't being heard by the front office, I mean, the, there's two things you can do. You can fake an injury well, three things you can do. You can fake an injury, you can make a big deal in the media, or you can just not – you can just give 50% on the court. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, a country music expert at all, but, I mean, like you were saying earlier, I mean, sometimes you got to know when to fold them. I mean, that's what it's coming down to with the Rockets. Sometimes you just got to give in, know that you're you you know, you're not going to get anything better. Um, like you said, sometimes you either got to play your hand or just give up. And that's at this point, the Rockets just need to give in whatever you can get for them. If it's three second round picks, go, go with those three second round picks. You can always turn those three second round picks into a a later first round pick. So there's different avenues you can go instead of just continuing to hold on to them. 
continue to let him play 30 minutes a game, taking away from other players that need that playing time because you need to know who you're going to keep past this season. And you can't do that if you're constantly letting these players ride on the bench and not play. Like, for instance, like Josh Christopher. I mean, we barely – I mean, he's more in the rotation than he was before, but still – you need to know if Josh Christopher is going to be a guy that you can actually have come off the bench and play a a uh, a particular role going forward this season. You're not going to be able to do that if you continue to play Eric Gordon. And honestly, they probably would have paid him last night, but he has some knee soreness. Um, and see, so that's it, that's what I yeah. was going to get to as well. Yeah. Like he has a history of little nagging injuries, you know. And and yeah. I feel like a couple of years, a couple of seasons ago, they were close to trading him, and I think he pulled his groin or some, or something like that. Yeah. So. Like the the groin has been a, a reoccurring issue and the knee has been a reoccurring issue. Nothing serious to where it keeps them out, um, you know, for the season or whatever. But like those things, those things matter, especially a, a guy his age uh, making what he's making. You know, nobody's going to want to trade for some for immediate help if he can't play immediately and playing that guy 30 minutes per night. Um, the way he plays, the way he goes to the basket, I think they're, it, it's, it's risky. And yeah. like every, every night he plays, uh, more than you know 20 minutes i'm like man what are we doing yeah my number one gripe the entire season has been that um i don't go as far as some people but that's my number one issue is playing eric Gordon all these minutes and still not even even if you don't want to trade him um are you still waiting to trade him there's no reason to continue to play him all his minutes and that might be out of Silas hands who knows at this point uh one more play i want to get to before we wrap up the show um is kj martin who was also in that um kelly eco athletic article where he mentioned that there's teams are still offering the Rockets draft picks for him. Um, uh, some first round picks, some people are offering them second round picks for KJ Martin. Um, but in my opinion, it makes no sense. Again, you're not going to get the value back for KJ Martin, the way he's playing, the, the kind of trajectory that he's taken, the improvement he's had since his first season when you took him, where actually you traded with Sacramento um, and a very late uh, second round pick, and then you're actually getting a lot more in return for KJ Martin. He's he's already outplaying his contract, so to me, it doesn't make much sense to just trade him for, especially a second round pick. That's that's absurd. Um, but what's kind of your opinion on even thinking about trading KJ Martin? Would you trade him, or would he have to be part of a bigger trade for you to even think about moving on from KJ Martin? I think it has to be something that's substantial. And by that, I mean, um, I'll clarify that. Like, I know you're not going to get like a, a top, you know, you know, five lottery pick yeah. or anything like that for him. However, like you can't just give him away for second round picks. And I think you can't give him away for a late first round pick. And the reason yeah. being is because unless unless, you know, they've spoken to his agent and he's asking for some kind of ridiculous astronomical number. And <laughs> that's not, that's yeah. the only that's the only thing that makes sense to me as to why they would be looking to move him. And and part of the reason I feel that way is because he's one of the few guys on the team who affects the game without having the basketball in his hands. Yeah. You do not ever need to run a play for him. You do not need to do anything like outside of whatever, whatever offense that you're trying to run. He fits perfectly into that offense because yeah. he's good at slashing to the basket. He's good at cutting. Yeah. He's good at um, running pick and roll. He's good at setting screens. He can catch lobs. He can knock. He's knocking down a three pointer at a respectable rate. You know, it's not a super high percentage, but I think he's shooting like thirty three percent. Yeah, it's been improving. Yeah, for the season, and then like it's it's you know the more he plays, I think the um, the higher his percentages go up. So why would you trade a guy like that? Like he plays really well there. Like I I had posted on Twitter 
not this past game, but the previous game, he made uh, I think he made eight baskets. Six of those six of those baskets were assisted from Jalen Green and Alperen Shingun. I think yeah. four were from Shingun, two were from Jalen Green. So he plays really well with your two young stars, right? He like I said, and he he had the blueprint last year. He he was the probably the first guy when he and um when he and Shingun used to come off the bench together. It was like they they already had like this perfect uh, synergy. I use that word sometimes, but they use that. They had a dynamic between them, and you could see it. The chem- the chemistry between uh, Shingun and and KJ, it was unmatched. He got a lot of easy buckets just knowing how to play off of Shingun, and like a lot of the guys are just now figuring that out. But he knew how to do that ever since last year, and now he, you know, I think I saw something in in one of his interviews where he kind of mentioned that. You know, and so some of the other guys like Jalen have been taking note, too. And, and like, hey, you know, get wishing get that man is going to get you easy baskets. You know, <laughs> yeah. figure, figure it out, figure out how to play with him, figure out where he likes, you know, where he likes the ball. And y'all y'all talk it out. So, like, no, I, I don't think unless you are getting something that really makes sense back for him. And like I said, unless he's asking for something crazy, like some crazy number, I, I don't see how you move that guy. Like, like, why would you? Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, and like you said about uh, Alper and Shangoon, I don't know how many times Hollins has said uh, when Shangoon has the ball, somebody needs to cut because if they cut, they get the basketball. And like you said, KJ Martin's the best cutter on the team. He's the he's the, plays above the rim better than anybody else on the team. He runs hard on every single fast break. And whether he gets the ball or not, that helps his other teammates that are filling the lane because the defense has to worry about KJ Martin. So he does a lot of little things that – a lot of the other players on the team are definitely need to pick up on and learn, but he's already learning that. And I think that of course has to be, you know, has to, you know, something to do with him being, you know, the uh, son of a, a former NBA player. You can tell he, he knows the game. He has a really high basketball IQ, just like Alper and Shangun. So yeah, you don't trade those players unless, like you say, unless you just cannot come up with some contract that's not going to work for both teams. You don't just trade them just to trade them just to get some, you know, late first round pick or second round pick it, it makes absolutely no sense because he's one of your your better all-around utility guys that kind of does a little bit of everything um okay i do think that kj is limited though as far as like his upside if he doesn't ever get like a a better handle but i feel yeah. like to me that's really the only thing limiting him like he can he can rebound uh really well for his position especially at the small forward position he's he's a superior rebounder when he's at that position uh, we know he can finish. We know, like you were saying, he can cut to the basket. He's he's really good on the roll. Like, there's a lot of stuff to like about his game. But, however, like, I think that is the one, like, if he were to make a leap, because, like, right now I don't really project him to be, like, a, you know, low-level star kind of player. He's he's a really good role player. But, uh, Sean Marion type, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's it, I think that's a ceiling for him. That I mean, I'll be happy with that. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, but, yeah, I, trading K.J. Martin, man, like, the – it just doesn't it doesn't move me. I hope like if they do end up trading him, I hope it's not just for a bunch of scraps or a bunch of like, yeah. you know, late first round picks, because I think people will really be upset about that. He's one of the few guys on the team who I think is actually having a good season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, we're getting close to the trade deadline uh, with the trade deadline right around the corner. The All-Star break right around the corner. So we'll have some resolution, at least for this season, on whether the Rockets are going to make any moves or not. Um, we'll see how all that works out again. Like I said, the Rockets play again on Saturday. They take on the Pistons. Um, who 
you know, are basically right around where the Rockets are, except they're in the Eastern Conference, even though they're coming off a big win. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Like I said, Coach Salish will not be coaching the next game. Uh, coach Lucas will take over for one game as the head coach. So we'll see how that all that plays out. We appreciate everybody that jumps on every week. Checks us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate the comments. Uh, we check out every single comment, and uh, we definitely – uh, appreciate any feedback that you do give us. So make sure you check back with the uh, next episode of Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans.